We're live. I see the comments. The people are chomping at the bits. And listen, I know a lot of you guys are going to be disappointed, but no one is more disappointed than me when I showed up in my finest attire only to turn the camera on and to see Mason not suited up on a Monday morning. This guy becomes a, a content creator one time and thinks he doesn't have to show up for work anymore. Suited up. Ridiculous. But Mason, thank you for joining us on this Monday morning. We're going to run through a full rookie mock draft, super flex, dynasty, all those words that you got to throw out. And I realize how accustomed we've become to understanding like the terminology and a flow, but I would never say them out loud to like normal people because it sounds ridiculous. But uh, what's going on, dude? Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, my man. And I have my deepest, sincerest apology. I didn't know you were going to be looking so snazzy. I wanted to come in here and be a little casual. And I clearly let the people down. I clearly let you down. It's not off to a good start. That's why I got the 101, just so I don't embarrass myself <laughs> any further than this. I uh, saw yeah, that, I'm, and I'm, I was I'm like, the... yeah. Went full casual mode today. Listen, as, as long as, as, long as uh, the content is above casual we could work with that the the attire is not actually my concern here you taking the 101 i see i see what kind of energy we're bringing this morning definitely i mean i know about five rookies in this draft class so i figured at one i'm guaranteed to get one of those players <laughs> and then we'll see where the um, adp lines up after that you've been diving into to the rookie class for a minute Definitely. I, I mean, a lot of like the day three backs and stuff, more so waiting until we get official pro day numbers. I know a lot of people sat out the combine and then we are going to be looking at draft capital mattering so much in my mind for those mm -hmm. players that are borderline day two, day three. So very comfortable with about the first, I would say, 25 ish players. So I should be very, very good through the first three rounds. Round four is where it's like, OK, I'm still kind of waiting to go all in on these guys. And in reality, those are the guys that don't matter nearly as much anyway. Unless you're going to be hitting on Damian Pierce last year, which I clearly did not. And I, instead, I God knows who I was taking there. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, no one knows what's going on once we get to the fourth round. I think like half the people we brought in. So right now in the draft, we'll switch over to Sleeper in a minute. We've got myself, Mason, Jay Rich over there from Destination Devi, who does a phenomenal job at Ray G. You know, putting out content multiple times per week. I love the show that they got going on. We got Corey Bush, Fantasy Stock Exchange, who actually works with you now over on your new site. And we'll kind of dive into uh, what you've been doing content-wise, what you got planned for the offseason, the new site that you launched. Um, I think it's fun to, you know, just talk about content when when I bring other people onto the channel um, that do this stuff full-time. Cody Carp from Player Profile, of course. So we've got a good squad. We've got half the people from Discord rolling in. If you want to... Uh, if you want to join the Discord, link will be down below. Free to join, of course. That's where we'll be dropping any links to draft with us throughout the rest of the offseason. Like I said before, we've got 12 teams. We're going through a, a full four-round Superflex mock draft. The people are excited. The people are coming in. Let's see what we got here. Drop a like. Oh, that's you. Let's go. I love that you're 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 someone that comments <laughs> as you're doing the content. I try to do that, yeah. and then my words start to spray from all sides and doesn't. I, I didn't want to make you say it out loud, but we still needed those likes coming in. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. it's a fine line between um, telling people what to do. I was already like drop you know drop the like, drop the subscribe, join the Discord, do all this kind of nonsense, and then also follow Mason and the Fantasy Flock Network. Of course, all that stuff will be linked down below. Uh, we've got people that are excited for the draft, but we're not we're not getting in yet. We're not getting in there yet. So Mason, I want to talk a little bit more about maybe your background or just what you got going on content wise because. 
I think right now, do you have anyone else doing any content on your channel? Like, have you ever had anyone, have you ever outsourced content? Oh, no, definitely. I, I think that if you're looking at the future of content creation, in my mind, the best content creators aren't going to be working for other people. And that's a big thing that we're doing with flockfantasy.com right now. And that we're looking to prop up and almost partner in a way with the best content creators across the platform while not taking away anything of what they're doing in their own personal brands, their own personal business. So in reality, I'll definitely have some more collaborations, especially with those guys on flockfantasy.com on the channel. But I don't want to be going through and throwing out as someone else that people didn't subscribe to the channel for, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah. once people are tired of me, they can stop watching the channel. And they can go to someone else's channel. That makes sense. I feel that. Cause I was going to say, I, I, I felt like you were the single biggest individual uh, YouTube creator in the space, which would basically mean in the world, you know, like what, what does that mean when it hits you? Like you, you grew a tremendous amount last year and we were talking a little bit backstage because you get in season, and you were like, you know, I just turned into a robot for like 12 hours a day. And that's really what you have to do in this industry if you want to succeed, especially on YouTube when people are like craving that that content, whether it's rankings and tiers and all that stuff that gets extremely repetitive. And for me, like I'm so energetic during the offseason. I love the fact that we could take time to be creative. I love the fact that like there are some days on my calendar where I'm just like, I'm, you know, don't don't schedule a call with me. Like I don't really like uh interact with some of my coworkers from like 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. because I'm like, I just want to get into a, a little bit of a creative zone. I want to think about the plans that I want to lay out, whether it's a product or a service that we want to offer in the following year. Is it a content creator that I want to reach out to to see if they want to do content on our channel or like what their plans are in general, just to look forward. Um, and as you've kind of went more from, you know, robot Mason to off-season Mason, what do you find most excited about? Um, what do you find yourself most excited about this off-season in particular and just like the off-season schedule um, that you've found yourself like year over year, it gets it gets more creative. So like, what do you what do you try to open yourself up to this time of the year? This off-season is definitely very different than in years past. And I'll say first off, like during season, during the off-season, how I'm able to do everything, and it sounds like the lamest thing ever, but it's the truest thing ever. My friend, I do not have a life. This is my entire life. This is the only thing that I care about. Like I'm telling you, the only thing I do is like this morning, I woke up at 5.30, went to the gym, came straight here doing this, and I'm going to be doing this until midnight. Like, you know, this is the only thing that I do. So I'm the lamest person you will ever meet. But this offseason, I've honestly never been this excited. I was even telling this to my girlfriend. I've been talking your ear off about this for months with what we've been doing with the site. I am just so excited to build out flogfantasy.com. We have a couple developers working on it. We partnered with so many talented creators, probably going to be bringing on a few more creators over the years, but we have fantasy stock exchange, fantasy in game dynasty land football, fantasy land football. Obviously they have two channels coming on. And I feel like it's the first time in my career where I've been able to offer a product to our audience that I am 100% confident, whatever they are purchasing, they are not only getting the value that they purchased, but they are getting additional value on top of it. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I kind of feel bad, like during the season when I go through and do those live streams and say do a four hour live Q and a stream where it's just donation questions the entire time. I'm like some guy really just paid me 10 bucks to answer Ezekiel Elliott versus Tony Pollard this week. Probably wasn't worth 10 bucks. I feel like I'm not providing enough value for the audience. If that makes sense, where this sure. is the first time where I feel like I've been able to sit down work on something for a very long time, create something truly special with some of the best people in the industry, not only provide value to the people that are coming on 
to the site, but also providing a ton of value for the partners coming on, providing a ton of value for like the developers that we have. I love those guys, you know? So this is the first time I've really felt extremely proud of what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I mean, that's a, obviously it's a tough spot to get to. Yeah, it, it's like we've been wildly successful up until this point, but this is, I feel like the first time in my career where I wake up and feel like I am giving a ton of value to the audience, to our partners, and to our employees, if that makes sense. And I, I cannot be more excited about that. That's good, dude. That It's a tough spot to get to. It's a, it's a long learning process. It's a lot of like, w- once you start to hit a little bit of success, you kind of feel like, man, I got to capture everything. I, I have to be excellent here, here, here. And then you can start to spread yourself thin. So I think, especially something I found, I mean, back in the day, but also like more recently is, you know, get your foundation installed, work really, really hard at that. And you've done that with content, obviously. And I mean, we could sit here and talk about all this stuff, content creation and products and development teams and building out content creators within your team, which honestly, I'd be down to have another fucking video entirely about that. But that's, it's, it's something that um, is such a, it's such a learning curve. And so it's so fun behind the scenes to do it. But like you, you said, like, you don't have a life, like you do this all day, every day. And I don't think people understand like the sacrifice you have to make in order. If, if you want to have a life that like everybody wants to have, you have to live a way that no one else is really living. This is what I talk about all the time. I feel like whenever I have a lot of people reaching out to me saying, how do you do what you do? How do you stay balanced? Blah, blah, blah. You can't stay balanced. If you want to do what everybody wants to do, you You have have to be be crazy to do what nobody's willing to do. If that makes sense. Like, and I, I don't want to be all David Goggins out here. I don't want to turn into some motivational guy, but like, I really truly think that anybody can do anything they want to. It's just, are you willing to do it? If that makes sense. Are you willing to just give up all your friends and then go a hundred percent for what you want to do? And I think the only time you can do that is if you truly figure out exactly what you want to do. And I, I don't think I could live a better life than what I have. You know what I mean? Like, even if I wasn't getting paid to do this, I'd still be doing it. I made probably 400, 500 videos for completely free before it ever I ever thought it could be anything like a job. And I feel like anybody who's starting now gets into it thinking, oh, I, I want to do this as a job. And if you start that way, it's never going to work out. 100%. Yeah. If you go into content creation for the money, you'll burn out immediately. I think that's something I've said many times. Like, ironically, the only way that you can make sustainable money in content creation is by not actually trying to make money like you have to do it out of the love and the passion for what you're doing you have to do the 300 400 500 free videos for people to give a shit about what you're actually doing because they feel that energy they feel that passion then once you've created that real fandom then it goes back to okay not like how do i monetize but how do i continue to give more value and it's like i'm putting so much of my heart into it that i feel like i can put it behind a paywall and when you get to that point of creating a product where you actually uh you know as you said, like you feel proud of the product. There's not a better place for a creator to be in than having the power over the product, over the audience, over that entire cycle of things. So it's like, it's a very, you know, deep nuanced conversation that again, I could sit here for fucking, you know, fancy stock, just threw it up here. Uh, can confirm didn't make a dime off the first 277 videos. Like people, if you're not ready for that, you, you probably shouldn't show up to begin with, but you're never like no one that I think is so passionate about something shows up in the beginning trying to get to that point. I think every creator should put a year and a half, two years in absolutely free without even thinking of um, money on the mind. But let's uh, 
let's get into fantasy because eventually we'll have everybody dropping off. They don't give a fuck about what we're doing. They don't give, they don't care about us as people. They never did. They never will. We love you, but you don't love us. You love fantasy football. Therefore, we are ready to draft. I see 11 green dots in the sleeper draft. Christos, 1025 at the 111. If you auto draft <laughs> in this fucking draft, you will never see the light of day in a BG Discord or draft ever again. Let's throw it up on the big screen. Here's how this is going to work. We will have 60 seconds on the clock for each person. Thank you, Luke. I know you care. I'm just fucking with you. I have a lot of self-depreciating uh, humor. Um, 60 seconds per pick. Everyone has a 60 seconds. I will probably be pausing the draft at different pockets throughout just to discuss some of the um, some of the picks. If there are some tantalizing or polarizing players, we will dive into it a little bit. And then Mason, same. If you see anything that you want to like call out or dive into a little bit, let me know. We'll pause the draft and um, and we'll get it going. You ready to go? Sounds great. Your girl. Boom. You're on the clock. Awesome. So I chose this one that way I could have a real decision to be making at the 101. I mean, here you're going to have a lot of people telling you, oh, you want to be going ahead. You want to be taking Will Levis. You're going to be taking Quentin Johnston. I think that they're all in reality fools. I've been doing some in-depth research this offseason into players that check almost every single box. And in my mind, Bijan Robinson, this guy's actually pretty good. You know, I, I maybe I I've found him that. as that hidden gym yeah. in the rough. I, I did go to the University of Texas, you know, so I'm giving you some insider scouting in this sense. But trust me, guys, y'all want to be looking into this player. He's very, very good. And I wanted to make sure we locked him up at the 101. And I want to pick the 106, hoping that he slid down to us there. Yeah, I'm, I uh, I hate drafting in this year's class anything past like the one one five one six because you get into a zone where every player kind of feels like the same pocket of players Bijan robinson i don't know i typically like to to draft running backs that catch passes so i don't know if i'd go in uh, on him with the 101 uh it's in seriousness though i don't i don't see a draft in which if i had the 101 i wouldn't be slamming the button on him uh there's a lot of hype around anthony richardson because of the athleticism we saw him go off the board at the 102 this is a super flex draft I still, I, I, I still think I get it. I get the arguments about his upside and his athleticism. I still think like we as fantasy people look at things too black and white. It's not necessarily like if he hits, he's going to hit. If he misses, he's going to miss. It's like, sure, the athleticism can get him into a top five fantasy quarterback range, but what is the percentage chance that he becomes that guy? And I think the more realistic you are about it, he hasn't played a lot of games. In the games he did play, he wasn't a guy who was like leading his team to victories. I think there are a lot of raw stats and numbers that take an opposing view to the Cam Newton, the Justin Fields arguments and things like that. So I don't know if he's necessarily there as a QB uh, yet. I still like the guys, Bryce Young and CJ Shroud, who went behind him. Do you have any strong takes on like that pocket of QBs? I mean, honestly, I cannot evaluate college quarterbacks. I don't think anybody can, if we're going to be honest. I just look at draft capital, rushing upside situation they're stepping into. So in my mind, Young, Stroud, Richardson will all be top 10 picks. They'll all have a guaranteed starting job for a few seasons. Anthony Richardson has a ton of rushing upside. I'm completely fine if you want to take those guys in any order. I think the only mm -hmm. thing you really have to say is they better be two through four in Superflex. It doesn't matter what order you're taking them in, but they better be two through four in my mind. Yeah, are you... um? Uh, are you a fan of of Will Levis at all? Because I kind of look at it the same way. I'm like, no one knows what the fuck they're doing as it relates to uh, looking at QBs. Like NFL teams spend their entire offseason looking at QBs and still get it dramatically wrong. So us, like, we'll have no idea. 
So for me, if they're all going to go top 10, right, and I kind of presume that they'll, all four of them will go top 10, I don't have a problem getting Will Levis as the fourth QB there at the 105. Like if we're all just – if we're going to put them into the same like barrel, into the same tier, it's like let's not try to get personal about this. I am on the clock though. Let's see. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I actually have Levis ranked at five. I understand that nobody else likes him there because everybody thinks that they're so good at evaluating quarterbacks. That's why Josh Allen was going in the second round of Dynasty Superflex rookie drafts, mm-hmm. even though he was a top 10 pick that showed rushing upside in college. That's why Daniel Jones is going in the late, I mean, the beginning of the second round in Superflex drafts back in 2019, despite him being a top 10 pick that showed rushing upside in college. In my mind, the Dynasty drafters and the overall entire NFL community they can't really evaluate these quarterbacks. So if I'm going to get a top 10 guy that showed some rushing upside, I have Levis anywhere from five to seven. If you wanted to take JSN Gibbs over him, I'm fine with it. But I personally have Levis at five. Yeah, I'm going to take him at five as well. I, I guess I couldn't argue with it. I just feel like we've learned that mistake, as you said, with Daniel Jones and, and the, the Josh Allens. And, you know, we hate Justin Herbert. Like all these things that we think we know, we just have no idea, especially as it relates to fantasy football. So why make the same mistake again? Um I went with Zach Charbonnet at the 110 there. He is a third running back off the board. At this point, I ba- I feel like based on the way this offseason has gone, I think there was a lot of dudes that could have slipped in possibly at the RB3 role, but they, they didn't really show up either at the combine or they didn't um, they either didn't show up like performance-wise or just didn't physically show up. You had guys like Zach Evans who weighed in at 202 pounds. You had uh, Devon A. Chain, who's 188. Like I don't I don't really see an NFL team taking him over. Zach Charbonnet, who weighed in at you know 215, runs a pretty good 40-yard dash, is a dude who caught a ton of passes his senior year. I feel like he's got that three-down skill set where I feel like he's kind of still being underrated by NFL. Oh, come on, the dude. NFL and like the mock drafts you're seeing, most of them still have him going in like the third round. I don't think I've seen one where he's a second-round pick, which is kind of surprising. It's like, when did we stop liking running backs that are, you know, six foot, 215 pounds, that are fast enough, that catch passes, that can do it all? Um, so Zach Charbonnet, I feel like is kind of, oh, there he goes. Auto fucking pick Christos <laughs> way to ruin my goddamn Monday morning. Um, Zach Charbonnet, is he like your clear RB three right now in this class? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he should be a day two pick is big enough to be a three down back is fast enough to get it done. He hits the minimum threshold and he can catch passes. There are very few things that you're looking for other than capital size, receiving down ability and enough athleticism at the running back position. He checks all the boxes. I have him exactly there at 110 as well, but, um, now that we are up on the board, uh, Zay Flowers goes 12. I mean, we are definitely in a teardrop here. I, Devin oh, Achan yeah. is someone that I'm probably not going to be taking. I would love Sean Tucker because he does check a lot of those boxes as well. But the one thing that you're probably going to see is him fall to day three of the NFL draft. And if we're going to be looking at day three back there, I'm going to have a very difficult time taking him. So in reality, I'm going to take someone that not too, too many people are going to be excited about. And I'll completely admit he profiles to be a wide receiver. That'll be better from a real life perspective rather than what you're going to get in a fantasy football football profiles to be a field stretcher that is not going to get a ton of target volume but in this range in particular can't really take Keishon Boutte Josh Downs I feel very comfortable with the with the production profile if he goes in the second round of the NFL draft but I'm a little bit worried that he could actually be a player that falls to the third so I have Jalen Hyatt Josh Downs ranked back to back but given Hyatt's size and how he is going to impact NFL offenses from a real value perspective, very confident that he's going to go around one, maybe early round two. So even if he's not a great fantasy option, I feel like once you have Zay Flowers off the board, you just get that significant teardrop anyway. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um, I think he's a little bit up in flux right now. I don't think people loved his his you know his size 
uh, combination there at, at the combine or whatever. So people are a little bit down on him, but I, I think when all is said and done, when the draft comes and goes and the capitals there, Jalen Hyatt just feels like the right pick. And I'd be surprised if he does not sneak his way back into um, you know, the 111, 112 spot here. He's, he doesn't feel like a guy that you're 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 overly excited about. He just feels like the right pick in that zone. And that's kind of like what happens down here at this part of the draft where there weren't a lot of like overly uh, exciting performances at the combine. There aren't, aren't a lot of overly exciting prospects here. Zay Flowers, pretty small. Jalen Hyatt, underwhelming size. Tajay Spears, you know, smaller school players. So we don't really know exactly what we're getting with him. Josh Downs, 173 pounds. Alan Kincaid, it's like, do we want to start taking tight ends this early? So you're getting into this pocket of, um, of players where, you know, just as easily Josh Downs could have went at the 110, 111, and Michael Mayer could have went at the 2325. So, when we're looking at an overall strategy for rookie drafts this year, is there anything that you've noticed over the months or, you know, going into your drafts without really knowing draft capital right now, are we trying to, uh, are we trying to like move any picks in particular that you have? If you have like three second round picks, are we trying to package them up for a first round pick? Are we trying to move to the third round pick because all the, the fucking pockets of tears kind of blend into one thing at this point? I'm doing anything I can to get inside the top 10. If I'm sitting at 12 and say mm -hmm. I have the 112 and the 204, I'm going to send both those players and try to get a pick inside the top 10. Hope that Quentin Johnson, Zach Charbonnet, Will Levis fall to me there because after 10, I think it's just a complete crapshoot. Like I'm saying, Jalen Hyatt, 2-1, not really excited about, but do I regret making the pick? Like, are we really that excited about taking Josh Downs before we know that he's the second round NFL draft pick? Am I really excited to take Tajay Spears, an undersized running back that could possibly go day three as well? I mean, am I excited to take a rookie tight end? So everything that you're saying here, I mean, I think once you get past 10, it's just so damn gross. You should do everything you can to try to move into that pick. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm with you there. This middle of the second round is not very sexy. Hendon Hooker feels uh, like a pick that we're probably going to get really, really excited about by the time the draft comes and goes, if he can get top 50 capital. Kendra Miller was one of my favorite prospects at the running back position this year. Didn't perform in the combine. Uh, Cody still snipes me, so now I'm going to have to take a player that I'm not overly excited about coming up soon let's see what we got here nine all right mds Ooh, cedric tillman i like that pick a lot he's like the forgotten tennessee wide receiver that i feel like is going to get a lot of capital good good size good speed good possession receiver now i'm sitting here and i've done nothing but basically trash Keyshawn booty since the combine i still like him as a player um my channel mate noah loves zach evans i think I don't think Noah's in here right now, but Noah, I might DM you after this and uh, set you up with a therapy appointment about Zach Evans because he's putting out Twitter threads like daily about why Zach Evans is still the truth after weighing in at 202 pounds. I think he's a fun player. I think he's got a lot of power. I think he uh, runs angry all the time and has a lot of strong straight line speed. I, I question his vision. You're a Sean Tucker guy. I'm not necessarily in on him. I don't love him. I kind of like Darnell Washington here. That might be a little bit of a reach while Booty is still on the board and some of these mid running back guys. But if I'm I'm in need of a tight end, Donald Washington absolutely won the combine. I think what he did there would probably cement him as a top 20 pick in uh, the NFL draft. And the thing I like most about Donald Washington, obviously, like his raw athleticism, his size, his speed is a dominating feature whenever he steps foot on the field. But because he's such a good blocker, he is a dude who will get on the field immediately and probably be on the field for all three downs. 
So that's kind of what excites me about Darnell Washington. It's kind of like the underrated part of, yeah, he's not as good of a pass catcher as Dalton Kincaid. He's probably not as well-rounded as a dude like Michael Mayer. But I don't think we've seen his upside as a pass catcher because he was hidden behind Brock Bowers there at Georgia. But he is uh, he's, he's big, he's fast, he's athletic, and I think he gets into a role where he's a three-down player almost immediately. Um, do you have any – any takes on this like tight end class in particular? I know Michael Mayer was an auto draft. He's not my tight end one in this class. So him at 111 and Darnell Washington at 210 feels like a uh, phenomenal value there. But what do you, what are you thinking of tight end position wise after you make your pick? I, I really like your pick at two. I mean, at 210, I mean, if you're looking at these tight ends in general, I, I think it's a fine pick once you get to the second round and all these players are about the same, but it's just so weird in dynasty because we always tell ourselves, Oh, I'm going to draft this rookie tight end. And I'm going to understand that he does nothing for the first two seasons. And if he does, I'm going to be over the moon about him. And then you have Pat Frymuth going out there and having one of the best one, two seasons you're going to find at the tight end mm -hmm. position. And you realize, okay, well you drafted Frymuth probably in the late second. What is he worth now in dynasty after having a phenomenal rookie and second year for a tight end in particular? Oh, you can get an early second round pick for him. You know, I mean like congrats yeah. on your phenomenal hit so in general I don't like drafting rookie tight ends but at the price point that you and Corey both got them I actually think that they're appealing I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna say hook them horns so maybe a little bit biased here I'm gonna take Roshan Johnson All running right. back that has a build for a three down player his college target share wasn't through the roof, but he obviously had to play alongside Bijan Robinson. Whenever he had the ability to catch the ball, he did. He's athletic enough. I think he could sneak into day two of the NFL draft. So I actually really like Roshan Johnson here at the 301. Yeah, he's um he, he's as Corey said, he's a fucking dog. That's correct. Uh Roshan Johnson is absolutely one of the dogs in this class. I feel like he's probably gonna be a better real life player than a fantasy player. It doesn't feel like to me, you know, the, the Miles Sanders situation where it's like, all right, you've got this like crazy athletic back sitting behind Saquon Barkley. Let him do his thing. He's going to go crazy. Roshan feels like a dude you draft and you know exactly what you're getting from him. I think like best case scenario, you're probably getting Jamal Williams where you have a very, very clear defined role. And listen, I mean, like that could lead to a huge season like he had last year. I, I don't know if I'm buying necessarily the upside. Ah, I fucking forget about Tyler Scott every time in these drafts because he's buried so far underneath the rankings on Sleeper. Um, and I probably would have taken him at 210. But regardless, yeah, Roshan, Roshan's a dude. I, at 3-1, it's hard to argue with that. Um, at any of these running backs, I feel like, have pretty similar outlooks where their floor is super low. But I think, you know, Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, Roshan Johnson, Tank Bigsby, I think their ceilings are high enough that even if they're dudes I don't like, they're picks that make sense in that, like, mid uh, that late two, early third round. Someone asked a question before, actually, that I just wanted to cover as well uh, about linear drafting. Yeah, that's obviously if you're pretty new to um, dynasty drafts. Is it typical not to do a snake draft in fantasy rookie drafts? Yeah, so if you're in a dynasty league, basically the way it works is you redraft each year only rookies. Like you have your team of 26, 28 dudes. Every year you have a rookie draft after the NFL draft, and that's how you like reload on your team. Um, the waiver wire is obviously not deep and most of the moves are made via trade or rookie drafts. So you do linear drafts because the worst team gets the 101 as well as the 201 and the 301 so they can um, stack up their team here. I got to make a pick here. Mm. Israel Abanaconda. Um, feels like a Tevin Coleman-ish type player. A lot of straight line speed. I'm not in love with him. Dwayne McBride's really interesting. I wish we saw him perform at the Combine. He's a great runner. Doesn't catch any passes. I actually like Evan Hull here. And my channel mate, Noah, also kind of put me, as well as like most people, onto Evan Hull, I think. 
He is a smaller school player, but absolutely dominated the combine. Like 210 pounds, ran, I believe, a 4-4-7, maybe, 5, whatever. Really good speed score. A dude who catches a ton of passes, extremely natural in the passing game. I don't think he's a phenomenal two-down runner, um, although he was good enough and he has the size that if a team were given the chance, he would um, – he would, I think, succeed. Evan Hull's a really, really interesting player. Uh, have you watched any Evan Hull tape? It's hard to get all 22 tape on him, but he's a dude that I think he's not like well-known enough, I feel like, in the NFL circles that he'll get day two capital. But I think he's kind of excited. If he can if he can grab like round four capital, he's a dude that I feel like everybody should try to grab You know, round three of their rookie drafts. Yeah. First off, do I look like I've ever watched all 22 tape? Second uh, off, actually, I, you, you I, I guess this would be the only the video. This is the only video because you're. This is the only video you're not Come in a fucking on. suit for. Would be the only one I would say yes. You don't look like you wear it, but normally yes, you do. Yeah. No. Well, no. It, I, I do not, my friend. But okay. I guess y'all are the people putting this out because I did get asked in a live stream. I think yesterday or the day before about him, and I had never heard his name before. And I looked up his measurables and everything of the sort. Very fast, phenomenal pass catcher, and has the size. Yeah. So I was like, oh crap, this guy actually looks very interesting. But the thing is, obviously, does he ever get a shot in the NFL? Is he actually going to be um, a player that's getting at least a chance? I'm going to send you a video after this, uh, the one that Noah did on our channel. It's literally, he goes crazy sometimes where like he's got the Zach Evans kink, but he had an Evan Hull kink like all all uh, off season long and made a full video on our channel only about Evan Hull. And he just goes in and like by the end of it, He's one of those people that talks and you're like, ah, man, you could say like the dumbest shit. But by the end of the video, I just believe you, you know, like whatever you say kind of just like swayed me because you made so much sense during it, even though the objective view of what you're saying shouldn't make any sense. I'm going to send it after um, I want you to watch it and maybe you'll have a, a good take on um, Evan Holt afterwards, because I think a lot of people will probably see it the same way you do, where he's a smaller school guy. He's not someone on a lot of people's radars, but has the profile to really exceed expectations as long as he can get draft capital, as long as he can get a chance, which will obviously be his biggest um, detriment here. All right, what do we got going on? Dwayne McBride, you like the big thumper. Hopefully he runs like a 4 or 5. five. We'll, we'll see. I, I have no idea. Honestly, my man, I think we're going to get his pro day this week, which will be nice. And mm -hmm. if that happens, I think we'll get significantly more clarity. Here in the fourth round, I am just closing my eyes, picking random buttons. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I love that. Now, he was one of the most uh, effective early down runners in the entire country last year. I think he averaged over 110 rushing yards per game, but also like very good at breaking tackles, very good at breaking away on runs. Obviously, you know, going to UAB, you have a much uh, worse competition um, defensively. So it's hard to stack them up against like SEC type runners. But from the raw perspective, like Dwayne McBride's about as good of a runner in this class as, as you know, any of the top two, three dudes. Again, don't know if he's going to get the draft capital. Don't know if he's fat and slow. Don't know if he can actually catch passes at the next level. So a lot of red flags, of course, but anyone in the fourth round. Um, starts to have these types of red flags. We got some Stenson Bennett love. Yo, I kind of fuck with Stenson Bennett, man. He feels like one of those dudes who's just like a winner, and he's been a winner at like every stage to the point where hard to underestimate him. It feels like if you could have drafted Baker Mayfield in the fifth round of an NFL draft is like what you're getting with Stenson Bennett. Not as accurate, not as exciting, obviously, but like give me the athleticism. I wouldn't be surprised if Bennett starts some games in his NFL career. I kind of like that in the fourth round of Superflex drafts. Uh, does he have any rushing upside? He's athletic. He could definitely move. Yeah. Okay. I, I just have no idea, my man. 
Let me, uh, <laughs> I love that. Okay. Let me, uh, actually pull up the stats. Hold on. Make sure I'm not lying to anybody. Uh, he had 205 rushing yards this year with 10 rushing touchdowns. So the man hit the paint box. Ah, fucking Jaden Reed. Great, great pick. Phenomenal pick. Michigan State, um, great player. This is where these drafts get all out of sorts because sleepers, sleepers got rankings that are, Reminiscent of like a fucking third grader making them. Let me see what we got down here. See, I don't know any of these names. A.T. Perry, maybe. Oh, oh, Michael Wilson's my guy. I love Michael Wilson. Stanford wide receiver. Really, really good separator. Um, hopefully he can get some draft capital, but good size, good speed. Is there anyone like in this in this area? I know you say you don't know what the fuck is going on in the fourth round. Is there anyone that you're like, I I am actually targeting in the fourth round or no one knows about him. He's going in the fifth round. He's not going drafted right now that you're like, okay, maybe I caught, you know, a game, two games. Maybe he just kind of his, his stats just like slipped into my, my eye field at one point And now I'm onto him. I would be lying if I said yes. Okay. That's fair. I, I do not have any strong takes with anybody that did not go drafted in this draft. This listen, I, 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 I wish I had it for you, my man. I, I truly do. This industry can humble you. I understand why you're not putting any hot takes out there. Yeah. There we go. We got some Wilson Love, A.T. Perry, discounted Quentin Johnson, Puka. I don't know anything about, about Puka. I just assume he's Hawaiian. I don't know why that would matter. Okay, so let's let's take a look at the draft board here. This is the final draft board. Uh, nothing crazy here. I think the majority of drafts, dependent on capital, of course, will look similar to this. I'd be surprised if Addison goes over Levis, but I think the second round will just be a mashup of all these dudes in some weird order. I don't know, dude. This this class overall, I know a lot of people like to say it's like deep and it's like a good class. It kind of stinks. It kind of stinks. I, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say it's deep, at least this offseason. I, I mean, people, I mean, the running backs, the tight ends, like a good group of quarterbacks. I think the wide receivers stink, but I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like people just talk themselves into liking people just for the sake of doing it for no reason. So have you been seeing um, Devin Chain falling this far lately? I mean, I was kind of completely off of him once we got the official size numbers and we all knew he was going to be small. But when we saw exactly how small he is, so is this normal for him to be falling? Because I felt like uh, maybe um, most people still have him over like Brown, for instance. I um, no, I don't see him drop this 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 far typically i also don't think that will be the case because i think a chain will still get more draft capital than both of these guys and then once the draft settles back in that's when the excitement for the early round players will probably start hitting again um and i mean this is just a i'm not surprised because this is just a case of uh combine measurables kind of sinking into draft capital right now and a chain obviously you know blew up the 40 but chase brown had a great you know size speed all that kind of stuff combination tajay spears was really good at the combine as well so not surprised it kind of like filtered into this draft, but no, I don't see H going that far. Um, you're not really a fan of him, but you know, if he drops into this area, say he's two, three, two, four, you're, you're going to use uh, draft capital on him in your rookie draft. I think so. I think he's a very unique player in that you could definitely see from a real life NFL perspective, him being a valuable asset for a team, you know, like with what he does well, yeah. he does extremely well, but in terms of actually chasing someone that can quote unquote, be a league winner. I feel like it's not really in the range of outcomes for him, just given the size. I don't really expect him to ever see 12 plus touches a game. I mean, it seems like you're 
taking him and praying that he's going to turn into an outlier and be James White, if that makes sense. But yeah. at the same time, it's very hypocritical for me to say this. I took Jalen Hyatt at the 201. And how the hell is Jalen Hyatt going to turn into a league winner? Yeah, that's fair. That, that's the problem with dudes like A-Chain is like you're not only – I would say, you know, just once you hit the second round, there's a, a coin flip that these guys are even like good at – that are going to be good at football at the NFL level. And then when you're talking about an outlier like A-Chain, it's also – Will a coach, you know, then you have another coin flip. Will the coach use him correctly? Will the coach use him in a capacity that matters for fantasy football? So it's like you're doubling down on a likely losing battle if you're using early draft capital on him. I mean, by the time you get to 2-6, though, I'm fine with that. You have Hennon Hooker, quarterback that's, you know, relatively whatever, coming back from the ACL tear. Kendrick Miller didn't perform at the combine. Cedric Tillman, most people, like, don't even know. Um, So it's, you know, you're getting down there. You're getting into, like, no man's land. So I'm fine with A-Chain there. Anything else you noticed from – this board that was unusual that you kind of want to dive into before I let you go and shower and put a suit on. So is there a big thing with um, Tajay Spears going over Josh Downs? Because in my mind, it was more so when I was picking at the 201, really just between the two wide receivers there. But it's normal for Tajay Spears to be going in that range? No, I, I think uh, I feel like Jay Rich is just a very, very big fan of Tajay okay. Spears. I think the wide receivers will end up being the ones that get the capital and probably slide up the draft boards. That's probably the earliest I've seen him go. I wouldn't be surprised if he can get day two capital. I think people will definitely start to take him in that area. But I think people are starting to get into that like Aaron Jones mold where they see a little bit of that in his game. And then if he happens to go to, you know, Miami or an open depth chart, then it's just like on excitement on top of excitement on top of excitement. Um, so I don't think it's typically the case. I think um, I think Jay Rich is just a top thirty visit with your Falcons next. Stop it. We're gonna what are we gonna use a fucking number eight pick over uh, over there on Tajay Spears, Jay Rich? Yeah, no. I, I think a lot of I think a lot of teams like him. I think a lot of teams are more open to drafting that uh, fixture of running back. You know, they've seen the success of smaller backs. They've seen the Aaron Joneses and the Ecklers and and those types of players over the years that they say, hey, you know what? If we um, can fit him into our zone if we can fit him into our scheme or whatever they can have success and they're they're not only looking at the Dwayne McBrides and they're not only looking at the Roshan Johnsons etc because Stenson Bennett is a joke what do you mean you're like fucking I was talking about that like a half hour ago what else we got going on in the chat Cody thank you for joining sir A-Chain over Miller Evans Tucker seems wrong I mean we don't really know that until the uh until the draft happens, Kenneth and Brees would be RB two and RB three in this class. Uh, that feels so disrespectful to Brees Hall, but but yeah, probably it would probably be Bijan Brees, Kenneth Walker right now. Um, with, okay, Kenneth and Brees make their way back into this class. It's that's just one, two, three, right? It's just RB one, RB two, RB three. Um. Are we saying what we know now of Kenneth Walker or how we viewed him last offseason? That's that's fair. You're right. As a prospect, he wouldn't be the two or three for me. But yeah, I, guess, I would say yeah. if if we were going like pure prospects, I would probably go Bijan one, then Brees in the tier of the three quarterbacks, depending on what your team was like and what you personally preferred. And then after that tier of the three quarterbacks and Brees Hall mixed in, then Kenneth Walker after that. I, I would prefer Kenneth Walker as a prospect over Jameer Gibbs, definitely. But, I mean, especially now, what we know that he was actually a better pass catcher year one than we initially thought. I mean, I, if you don't know, I, I loved Kenneth Walker last year, though. He was my second most drafted running back um, in best ball rather than Jacobs. But 
you had a you had a lot of success in in the best ball streets last year. I heard there were a lot of people letting me know that today. I like tweeted yeah, out. I, I won. Like, hey. um, yeah. I won two high stakes graphs. I, I think I'm the only person who won. I won the big dog and bulldog two. Got 16th place best ball mania. Um, so I profited like 150. Light 100 150 dollars, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of, you just you just closed on that house, right? You moving in soon? You're gonna have a new studio. Um. Did it fall through? Was I not supposed to say that? That I just fucking dropped the news? Yeah, we got a house, but yeah. Why? Why are you? Why are you keeping it quiet? Now it's out. Now I've I've already ruined you. Yeah, yeah. So we got a house. Yeah. Okay. So moving in on um, Wednesday. Movers all set. Uh, sign the papers tomorrow. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, he wants to keep it quiet, so I will. I will not ask the seventh question <laughs> about the house. It uh, sounds like you are busy. You got a lot of shit to do. So I will leave you here um wanted to say thank you for coming on obviously thank you for your time thank you for the draft um i'm gonna go send the evan hole video over to you and i expect a full recap and debrief on it by tonight 7 p.m eastern time we'll have a quiz I'll send the quiz out to all you guys in the uh in the audience as well thank you guys out there for joining us and hanging out and drafting uh make sure you are following fantasy flock and mason twitter youtube the new website, obviously, go check it out. Um, yeah, Mason, why don't you why don't you tell them a little bit about about the new website so they can go uh, take a, take a gander? Um, simple ad for it, a simple little commercial. It's a b- bunch of your favorite creators on YouTube: Fantasy and Game, Fantasy Stock Exchange, Dynasty Land Football, myself, providing articles, rankings, videos, live streams, and we are constantly improving it. We just rolled out another update with the rankings page today, and yes, I could not be more excited about it. I think that. If you love playing Dynasty Fantasy Football, you will love FlockFantasy.com. Promo code Flock, 30% off. Let's get that in there. Fantasy. Flock, flock FlockFantasy.com. FlockFantasy.com, yes. FlockFantasy.com. That's something I would normally edit out, but we keep it live here. All the links down below, FlockFantasy.com. Um, hit the thumbs up button. If you enjoyed the video, put the D in the subscribe. If you are new here, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thank you, Mason. Thank you. And yeah.